You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 718 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and the Murdoch Method. On this week's episode, we're going to get some judges tips from our friend Fee Anderson. Then Wendy joins us to talk about her online program. And for the trainer tip, we're going to talk more about lunging. Scoffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Phil. How are you? Uh, I'm doing really well, Reese. Uh, how are you? What do you what, what have you been up to? Gosh, what have I been up to? A lot of riding. Um, we've got a lot of fun things going on here. Uh, my jumpers have been busy showing. I had a horse jump uh, a 140, which was a big deal. We, that was pretty exciting. This is a horse I flatted for about a year. Uh, and it was really tricky and it took a while. Actually, my my friend, uh, who's my neighbor, was literally like, please take him and return him when he turns left. So I had him, for, <laughs> I had him consistently for about three to four months. And uh, so that was really exciting. So um, that is something that I also do eventers and uh, show jumpers, uh, help them with their dressage. Obviously the eventers, their, their actual dressage test, but the show jumpers now I do a lot more because literally my neighbor, I'm looking out my window and I can see their farm. They're right across the street. Yeah. Which has been so fun because it's, it's a different kind of, um, uh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's not as technical as what we do in the sense of it's not like, oh, they have to have a certain bend in the half pass. They really have the application of they need to turn left and they need to do it fast and they need to be efficient and the horses have to be really well-schooled. So it's been really it's more fun. Functi- yeah. It's more functional. Yeah, than, functional. Than so I think that's, yeah. uh, you know, that's nice because you have like, they will bring you a horse and just say, he's got, mm-hmm. I mean, like this example that you're t- telling me about, it's like, he's got to turn left. Well, okay. You know, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that, seems, that seems easy, but then, you know, they've been trained undressage, you know, or right. however right. you want to say that, then that, yeah. that can make it challenging. That can make it challenging. Yeah, it's a they different challenge. That, mm-hmm. that, you know, you're like, oh, that seems simple enough. And then you get on the horse. It's like, oh, it's like, actually. Oh, he really doesn't turn more left. Complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really doesn't so. turn left. There is zero suppleness and zero rhythm. So that's been a kind of a new challenge for me. Uh, it started about, I, what would you say, Phil? Like a year and a half ago, two years ago, uh, when my neighbors moved in. I have a very good show jumper behind me. Uh, so we really enjoy working together. It's been really fun. Um, something different for what we do, but something I've really enjoyed. So that's been super fun. Um, I think it's a different, and, a different kind of success, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we celebrate it. I mean, they, uh, they literally, my indoor kind of backs up to their barn, sort of, and. Um, the the head groom who, who works and would bring the horse to me every day uh, was literally jumping. He's like, we get to drink champagne because <laughs> we had a thing when if when he jumped one forty clear, we would all get to drink champagne. So I gotta run some probably prosecco. <laughs> oh, not champagne, prosecco. We're going a little cheaper uh, tomorrow over there. So it was oh, really fantastic. fun. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think uh, you know, I think this sport is really, really hard. And, uh, anytime you get a moment to celebrate and cheer and just, uh, cut loose a little bit, it's fun. So, uh, we were, we were really excited. Our, our, all the grooms and, and I was, we were leaping in the air cause they had a, like an app or whatever with the test. So, uh, it was fun. So that was my fun thing. And uh, so the jumpers are really busy this week. I have six horses at the jumper show. So I don't go to the jumper show necessarily. If I can, I, I like to see it, but it's not necessarily what I do, uh, but I get a full report and I get lots of WhatsApp uh, videos of what's happening. So that was really fun. So uh, we're just plugging away. Uh, we have a horse show in a couple weeks, uh, just a one day show. 
it, it's a great show. It's on a Wednesday. I love it because it gives me a weekend free, uh, which I always enjoy being being able to be home. Uh, so yeah, we've got oh, that one little show coming and and just training right now. So that's that's quite nice. I have a lot of horses that are in training mode, not necessarily show mode at the moment. But you're showing a lot, right? You had the week off though, I think. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, there there is a big show this weekend. But mm-hmm. uh, the other the other part of being on a uh, breeding farm is that we're expecting a foal. So oh yeah, <laughs> um, yes, yeah. It's not happens. a good idea to horse show and try to uh, you know kind of full full out. No, something it's at too the much. same time, right? So it's too much, uh, it's too much right? It's a, it's yeah, like, it's, well, yeah, it's too it's much. Too much. <laughs> you need some sleep, right? And yeah, and, exactly. Uh, if you're if you're a breeder, you're not sleeping a lot. If you're expecting a foal and and you're all not these things, a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. So we're not at the horse show, which is, I mean, it's fine. There's yeah. more more to come. Uh, more you know, I actually really prefer to train and and make things more perfect. Yeah. Um, so another couple of weeks to do that is yeah. uh, is fine. Yeah, and I think that's good. Sometimes it's okay. I didn't go to our May show. It's been a long time since I haven't gone to the show, but um, I did. I coached a lot. I had a lot of horses there, but I didn't ride. I didn't really have anything to show yet. <laughs> you know, for various reasons, all my horses have sort of been changing levels or getting stronger or, or uh, learning new things. So um, yeah, so that's all good. But no, it's fun to fun to hear that. And um, so yeah, it's fun to get success other ways through, through other things. So, um, but we're glad you guys are good with the fires and everything are sort of settled down. So that's a good thing. We were all worried about you for sure. So we're good. Good to hear everything's going well. Well, we have a great show today, don't we? We have a busy day. Um, so we're going to have this break from Kentucky performance products and get right to it. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay, and some get a few handfuls of grain a day, and most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase made by Kentucky Performance Products is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in Microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins such as vitamin E in a natural form so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight, back by popular demand, we're so happy to have Fee Anderson on the line. She's an FEI rider and trainer, and she also, this is her celebration of becoming a large R judge. Fee, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Well, of course, as your celebration, I immediately texted you, congratulations, when can you come on the show? So I'm thrilled to have you back. Thank you. I'm happy (laughs) to be back. It was a lot of fun last time. So well, maybe, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, maybe you could tell us the progression of the levels of judging because, you know, maybe people don't understand, you know, how that works or, you know, what, what does a large R mean? A large R allows me to judge through fourth level in, in recognized competitions in the U.S. 
Um, if you have a small R license, then you can judge through second level. And with the S license, you can judge through Grand Prix. Got okay. it. So how long yeah. are you an R judge? Like, are you are going to be a large R? Are you going to move on to, to do the S as well? So hopefully um, I'll move on uh, to apply to an S program when I have fulfilled the requirements. So I have the writing requirements done. You have to have competed through Grand Prix, several scores to make sure that the judges actually know what it feels like sitting on the horse and understand what the movements are about. Then in addition to that, once you pass your large R exam and get your license from the LOC, you have to wait two years. And in those two years, you have to judge eight competitions and 40 rides of either 4-2 or 4-3. So we want to make sure that the judges have enough experience to move on to the next level. So everybody, don't forget to ride 4-2 or 4-3 at a competition because the judges <laughs> need it. A lot of us will skip that, and so that's bad for you guys. <laughs> it, it was very hard, but I have to say the test riding committee has done an amazing job rewriting Four, three. It rides so well. I judged it just last weekend, and the riders did a great job with it. Horses looked fantastic. Um, it's a it's a much more horse and rider friendly test. Uh, the Canada Tour was a little long on the old one, and the new one is just outstanding. Ah, that is great to know because we did do a test riding. Um, we went through all the tests, and we, that was a big one. They made some big changes there because it was a really, it was quite a difficult test. Um, so I'm so glad it's riding well and and looking good. So because I I got you in advance, you made a great list. You were you were judging this weekend, and you made some great notes for us. So we're gonna get started because these are phenomenal. Everybody get get a pad and paper out or or your phone because this is these are great notes to take. So I'm gonna let you start with your list. Yeah. So what we often see, or at least that's my experience, I often see people go around the arena. And they forget everything they did in the warm-up. All their trainers, good advice, everything they were told to do and not to do, they it just goes right out the window. So instead of riding around like the outside of the arena is the valley of death where there's a horse soul sucker, ride. Like keep riding, ride transitions, do a little leg yield, do a shoulder in, maybe a halt, but do something, keep engaging with your horse so you don't throw away everything you did in the warm-up. I think that's a pretty big and important point because we see sometimes people that come in and they look kind of good and then it just fades. And by the time we ring the bell and they go down the center line, they've sort of lost their horse a little bit. I think this is a super important point because I think this is something you should prepare in advance with your coach. What do you guys think? I mean, you you need to know well, when you exactly go down that center line. That's exactly what I was line. just about to say, you yeah. know, is uh, make a plan with your coach that that you know what you're doing around the outside so that, um, you know, it flows nicely from, from your warm up, your preparation, and then right into, you know, what are you doing outside the ring and how are you going to enter on what, on what rain are you going to enter? Like all of these things are, are very important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely exactly. agree. And I, it's something that I practice with my riders at home before we go to a show, have a plan. And if you feel like, something is not going right before you enter, don't just let it be. Ride a transition, ride a hop hole, push your horse horse sideways, do a little extra bend. Don't waste that time. Yeah, because people are typically nervous too. I mean, that's the time where the nerves are the highest is kind of right. You've left your coach, you're going, because usually once you get in the ring, you kind of get back focused. But I found and myself too, like, I mean, that's your time where you're like, woo. So I think having a plan, knowing exactly what to do is super important. So I, I love that tip. And um, we can, we can even do more on that Phil and I at another date, but that's, that's a great, that's a great one. So the next one, this is near and dear to you and my heart, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It's to both <laughs> of our hearts. So know the rules, know mm-hmm. what you can and cannot do. It is the writer's responsibility to know the rules, know what equipment you're allowed to use, know what the dress code is. And we have a great resource. The rule book is being reworked all the time. We have great illustrations for dressage where you can see what equipment you can use. And something as basic as you are in the test, 
things are not going right, your horse is feeling wonky, you're worried you want to leave, don't just wave at the judge and head out. Go up to the judge and say, hey, I'm sorry, my horse is not feeling right, may I leave? You can risk, if the judge is unhappy with you just leaving, you could potentially end up not being allowed to show for the rest of the weekend because you just left. So know the rules, know what you what you must do, what you can do, and, and what you cannot do. Yeah. And and Fee and I sit on the USDF High Performance Rules Committee, hence why we laughed about the rules, because we look at rules all the time. But the one of the resources that Fee was talking about is the USEF Dressage Rules Annex A. And if you literally just ask Siri for that, it will pop up this document that's a living document. We work on it all the time. It's literally being updated all the time with new equipment because there is new equipment that comes out all the time. And sometimes it's pending and it hasn't been approved. So if you even remotely have something that you don't know, that is what the TD and or steward is at the competition for. And you need to go to them prior to riding. That is really important, right? You can look at that Annex A. You can take it with you. The, the TD would also have a copy of it or could grab it on the internet. But you need to look at that, especially with all these new bits and things that are coming out. It's okay to get new ones, but make sure, you know, even if it's through the grapevine that it's been approved, sometimes they haven't been. They're pending or or they're held up in the committees or whatever. Um, so that's that's a great resource, especially for equipment and for dress code, et cetera. And adding to anything? that, yeah. equipment also, we, we also sometimes have to follow FBI rules and, and take bits that were allowed out and then they're no longer allowed. So it's just really good to start show season by looking through the Annex A. It is a wonderful resource we have. And it makes it a lot simpler. And if you can't find your answer there, then you can email USEF and ask for a rules clarification. You need to state what your question is clearly so it's it's easy to understand. And Alina that looks at those emails, she's amazing. She'll get right back to you with her interpretation of the rules. And then you would want to print that piece of paper and bring to the show. Because if you are not sure then maybe somebody else is not sure either. And if you are asked if, if you know that that's legal, what you're doing, you can say, hey, I got this from USEF. Okay, okay, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, we've had uh, stewards on our show before and, you know, it's just a reminder now that people are, you know, maybe next weekend going out to a horse show. So, uh, you know, know that your, your tack is legal, the colors are legal, and your equipment is legal. So... You know, moving on with this wonderful list, let's go to the freestyle. Yeah, so freestyles, they're a ton of fun to do. Um, I, it's one of my favorite things is to is to make a freestyle and then go ride it. There are things that can happen during a freestyle, and you're dealing with, with equipment. So we used to do CDs. Now most of the shows, they prefer that you email the music or upload it, and that has helped a lot with malfunctions. But you still want to make sure that you show up for the sound check, that you go down in the arena where you'll be riding and listen to the sound level. You don't want the sound to be so low that you cannot hear it when you're riding if there's a little bit of wind or so loud that it makes your horse spook and everybody else jump out of their seats whenever there's big transitions in the music. So make sure that your music works and it's at the right sound level. It is your responsibility to make sure this is how you want it when you're writing. It is not the guy who is running the music for you. Okay, Fee. So one of the next things on the list is read the purpose of the level, right? Yeah. So it's important that that the writers know what, what they're supposed to have accomplished or be able to accomplish to write a certain level successfully. So for example, second level, it is to confirm that the horse demonstrates correct basics and now begins to accept more weight on the hindquarters as the collected and medial gates develop. A greater degree of straightness, suppleness, trueness, and balance are required to perform the movements with ease and self-carriage. So if people are not aware of this, they, they may think that they can go in and ride through the patterns instead of movements and be successful. However, that becomes pattern riding. To, to do a, a good shoulder in, you have to have some level of uphill balance 
right? And and without engagement, it's going to be hard showing the medium gates correctly. So when people go in on a horse that's more suited for training or first level and ride second level test, they are not going to get good scores. And it's because they, they are not fulfilling the purpose of the level, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You've got to be developing the horse, uh, you know, consistently along the training scale and showing that the horse has better balance and and more ability to to carry behind and, you know, more swing and suspension. It's just more of everything instead of just trying to steer around, on, you know, on a second level pattern. Exactly. Um, and I think sometimes people don't quite understand that 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 is a very important part that and and it's stated right on the front of the test sheet purpose of the level and if you read that and then also if you know where your coefficients are in the test and you make sure that these are movements that you're really comfortable with you can go in and write a lovely test and if you have problems in all of your coefficients you can still end up with a really poor score and it's just it's just a silly way to lose important points in the arena. A thing I like to ask my riders to do when we start talking about showing and when we're schooling new movements, I send them to read, one, the rule book, the movements are all listed there and how they're supposed to be executed. And I have them write, uh, read the directives that is also on the score sheet. It gives them good ideas of what the judges are looking for and, and what the correct movement looks like. So it just, I find it helps them understand what we're working on better. Right. And and I'm just going to add, because a couple of years ago, USDF, it's been more than a couple, they only literally print the patterns. So you have to go to the USEF or you, ha you have to look for the actual test sheet, like, like V was saying, because that's what has the directives on it. And that's the one you really need to really study and read and make some notes. And like you said, go to the rule book. Uh, we have tons of resources if you want to ride shoulder in. So you do need a minute to study your test. So again, so it's really easy and, and, and you understand what you're going for because it is easy to lose points, places, like for transitions, for example. And I always try to remind my students, like, remember when you pick up the canter, that has a number to it. Everything you do gets a score. So you may be really focused, let's say on the shoulder in, uh, but you forget your center lines or, or whatever it may be. And, and that can really affect the numbers on your test. So I think that's really right. just so important to remember. It's a great reminder. Yeah, and on that vein, something as basic as the shoulder in on the long side. If you write a shoulder in, say, to B, and then you, you do a turn or a circle, you keep your bend. If you write it to M and have to go into the corner after, you have to straighten your horse. Those are details that you know, we'll, we'll, we consider that as a modifier uh, when we judge. So if you do everything to the book or everything to the description of the movement, your score will be higher. If you, if you miss some of the details, it will affect the score. Or, you know, if, we, if you were between a 6.5 and a 7, you might end up with a 6.5 if your modifiers are not great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's up to you to be, you know, to kind of be educated and be, be working on not just the you know, see, be, you know, doing things, but, but doing them correctly, practicing at home correctly for the, their purposes of uh, suppling and, you know, working on the training scale within the, within the movements. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Fee, what's our next one? So this is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. Um, I love when people go in and, and post in their, in their test if it's better for their horse, if their horse moves better through the back. I love when people post. I have no problem with it in the test where they are allowed, of course. However, when you do your leg yield at first level, I have done it posting on a horse that got a little tight coming out of the, of the corner into the long side. I was like, oh, better stay posting, make, make that back nice and supple. But then if you come into a 10-meter circle afterwards, you might want to make sure that you're not posting on the in or sitting on the inside diagonal because that can bring your horse off balance. Now we don't have correct or incorrect diagonals when we judge and people are posting the trot. We don't, unless it affects the horse's balance negatively, then it could be counted as a modifier or you could just get a note that 
perhaps sit on the other diagonal of to improve your horse's balance. So if you ride on the diagonal and change your posting at X, it may affect your horse's rhythm or it might just give a little unsteadiness. So you're much better off changing it um, at, the di- at the end of the diagonal when you're bringing your horse back anyways. And, and with that in mind, people also do, do another thing on the middle of a diagonal that can be upsetting to the horse. I've, I had several riders this weekend that changed the whip over from one hand to the other at X. And in all of the instances, it upset the balance and the rhythm and the horse, you know, lost the connection with the rider for a second. If you're going to change your whip over, learn how to do it without taking your hands off the rein. There's a way you can do it just slipping one hand up and and catching or grabbing the whip with the other hand without letting go of your reins. It's difficult and it takes practice, but it's much better. And again, do it when you're in a corner, in a place where it it might upset your horse less. I think that's what I have to say about those two things. No, I love it. Oh, and I I love a pet peeve. Oh my gosh. Yeah, everybody (laughs) is. I just love it. You know, I agree with the posting diagonal. Like, oh, please post on the correct diagonal. It's like, my biggest pet peeve, um, and know when to change it. Again, that's in, in your, in your practice of the test of when you change it, especially for those leg yields, cause you need to be paying attention. Um, if you're, if you're posting, I love it. Well, and that goes into everyone knows my pet peeve accuracy and geometry that's on the list. And I am totally with you. That is like my big soapbox. If people listen to the show, they hear me say it all the time. I'm like, please be accurate. So I'm with well, you on that one. When I sit in the box, I root for my riders that are in front of me. I want them to do well. And there's nothing that is, well, there are more, you know, upsetting things. But it is so upsetting to see somebody who's going in there with a nice steady test and then not one round circle. They're either too shallow or too wide. Corners that are not deep enough that they can leave for a diagonal at the the appropriate spot. It's just so silly to leave so many points behind because the geometry and the accuracy is not there. Transitions that need to happen at a letter should happen at the letter or very close by at the letter. Leg yields, half passes, shoulders that start too soon or end too early so they can go into the next movement. It's right accurately. It is not hard if you practice it every day at home. And it's a good practice because it also tells you something about how good your training is. If you can't write a shoulder in from letter to letter or your half pass from letter to letter, then you need to to visit the submission of your horse or your aids and figure out why am I not able to be accurate and make your training better so your horse can go better. 100%. And maybe it's not it's not time to go to a horse show yet. You know, I think it, it's, uh, you know, I, I understand this and I say this point also for me, like I don't have a horse right now that's really ready to show at our, our spring show here. And I love showing at the spring show, um, but I don't have anybody that's really ready. And I think that that's always, sometimes it's hard to not go and, and show with your friends, but sometimes you have to say like, Ooh, my horse is just not quite ready. Maybe next month. Um, you know, I need a couple more weeks to do whatever. So I think that's, that goes into this is, um, it's okay to not show if you're not ready, because when you're ready, you want to show the judge all of these things. And there's a lot of things to show them. So, um, I wanted to throw that in there. And then your next is a reminder to salute, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's somewhere on the list. Yeah. If you saluting is important, you have to salute. It is an error. If you don't, I had a girl with a lovely horse and she had a lovely ride and she was so excited at her final salute. I was smiling. She was smiling. Everybody was happy. And she almost went to pet her horse and realized that she was not saluting and dropped her hand down and nodded real quick at me. And I was so happy that she remembered it last minute because that was <laughs> yeah. an error. But she was right. just, I mean, and I understand it. I've been in that position. You just had the ride of your life and you're so thrilled but you still have to salute. It's just important. It's a it's a very silly error to get. Yes. yes. Or you're, another... you're just so anxious going yes. in, and then and then like, <laughs> I mean, or maybe you've uh, you're an eventer, and and you know mm-hmm. the, the eventing tests don't always have a halt at the beginning. So, right. you, mm-hmm. I mean, I know what it's like just to want to get going and and get riding, but uh, yeah, you you gotta you gotta halt. You gotta have some immobility, and and you gotta salute the judge. Yeah. 
Yep. Absolutely. I love this next one. It is know your ride times. And, it, it, you know, because it's your responsibility, right? And it's, it sometimes it's really tough because, uh, like a couple of the show people, uh, or, or groups here, they put, they literally, I think they upload them as they're coming in. So you may look at your time on Sunday, but by Friday, it is totally different. And I actually had a student miss her time last year. And she did that. She's like, oh, I checked my time. And it was on Sunday or early in the week. And in the and the rides had been completely changed. So I do think that that's such a good thing to have on the list. But a really good reminder, some show groups, they put them up so early. They don't do that in, in Florida. In Florida, once they go up, that they're pretty much going to stay the same. But um, they go out later in Florida than they do like here yeah. in Kentucky in this area. So I think that's just a good yeah. reminder. Yeah. Morning yeah, of, morning of, you the, should know your ride time and, and have mm-hmm. double checked it and then, you mm-hmm. know, plan your day out. Absolutely. I, I, there is a rule on how close to the show beginning, the di- show day beginning, you can change times. If I remember right, I do not remember which rule it is and I don't remember what number it is, but there is a, a rule. But as a, as a, a general good idea is to check either late la- late the night before mm-hmm. or the morning of and just ma- double check that all the times arenas and everything is where you think they are because it is the rider's responsibility to make it to the arena on time mm-hmm. um and and on that vein the the right time that is listed is not when you should show up at the arena it's when the <laughs> bell should ring so make sure you're at the arena a minute or two before so you can Get in as soon as the rider before you is done. You can get your trip around the arena and and go down the center line on your right time. Yeah, the, the other thing on that note is just uh, you know if you if you know like a couple of the riders before you or you know like their numbers at least maybe not their names or their horses, but um, y- you kind of have to kind of be you know be your own steward. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't, absolutely. don't make people chase you. Right. right. You know, as, as like, as you're warming up and people are going in, like that's, that's your responsibility, right? You can't blame someone else because you didn't know, you know, uh, so-and-so was before you or, or not before you. And, and, uh, you know, when you're supposed to go in, it's, you know, the other people are busy running a show. Like, right. like you said, in, you in know, the story, right time they may have just. Yeah, the steward is is probably somebody's mom, some volunteer. You know, they're trying to do their best, but um, you know, if you're at a big competition, that steward, that's their job, and they they make sure and they give you a countdown. But at your local shows, you know, somebody may have handed somebody a clipboard because they went to the restroom. You know, I mean, it's you 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 need to be paying attention yourself, or you know, um, I, we're all coaches. You know, I certainly try to do that for my riders, or or know, you know, okay, you follow the bay horse. But, you know, this happened at our, at our local horse show a couple of weeks ago. They were running super behind and we had checked, but they, they were like, oh, you know, we're going to catch up. Well, they never caught up and actually the judge was taking longer. So um, it, it is a good idea. You know, if you're around the horse show, you know, maybe just pop in and see if the show's running on time or, or what's happening. I think that's also important because that does happen as well. Uh, you know, again, everyone's trying their best, but um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think we all, as judges, we we hate being behind. It is awful. Uh, mm-hmm. We feel so bad for the riders that then end up having to warm up ten minutes longer, fifteen minutes longer. And I will not if if I'm behind and I have a break coming up, I will not take my break. I will catch up instead. And I don't know any judges that that don't do the same. We are also Type A. We <laughs> we yeah. prefer to run on time. Yes, and everything sure. rage should be right. It's. I mean, I think that's a part of being a dressage rider. We are type A and <laughs> like like to have things the way they should be. Time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And your next point, I love clean and tidy. It doesn't mean expensive. I think that's right. a wonderful thing. Yeah, I mean, we we know that there's no. You don't have to have your horse braided. It's actually. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Show up with a clean horse. Everybody can do that. Braids look great. You don't have to braid. But if you know how to braid, braid, it looks beautiful. Um, Clean pants, clean boots, and a jacket. 
it's it's not yeah i mean it's yeah it's not hard to to show up and look like you want to be there and that you're proud of your horse and you're proud of being at the show um and it i i like to see a horse and a rider come down the center line and and you can see they made an effort to show up and make make a good impression that's just nice Mm -hmm. yeah and it's amazing um you know, I know I'm because I'm not a judge, but I, you know, I try to scribe a couple of times a year, and it is amazing what you see, and 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 the difference when someone shows up the way they should. I mean, you're like, oh wow, okay. You know, it just it gives you that feeling, and you don't know what kind of boots they have on. You just know they have boots on, and the boots are clean. You know what I mean? You can have the fanciest boots that are muddy and disgusting versus any kind of boot it doesn't matter at that point it just is is it clean check i think that that's right. just really important to remember yeah um yeah and it, it's you know of course horses get dirty in the warm-up if it's rainy you know they, that socks get muddy but if it's a nice beautiful dry day if you have a horse that's covered in poop stains it does not look good it just no doesn't. Um, But but we also understand, I mean, we're all riders. We also understand that if you were out in the rain, warming up, slogging around, (laughs) your white pants are going to have mud stains (laughs) and so are your boots. And that's okay. But the premise of doing, making an effort to look nice and tidy and clean, it goes a long way. It's, It's the first impression. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And the next one's also an impression. An unbraided forelock generally indicates you were riding a stallion, right? Yes. It it seems like that's going by the wayside a little bit. Um, I, as you know, I like my stallions. I like riding mm-hmm. stallions and I never braid their forelocks because it, it's the one way I can communicate other than them screaming and being ill-behaved at times. But it's the mm-hmm. only way I can really communicate to the other people in the warm-up that I'm on a stallion and they might want to give me just a little bit of space if, if the stallion is a little up. And, and so when people think it looks pretty when their horse has a big full forelock and they leave it unbraided. It it takes a little bit away from the people that ride the stallions and, and leave it unbraided to signal to other people that they are on a stallion. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a that's a good one. And, yeah, and- I mean I, I like when when people are, you know, kind of riding uh, you know, I think it's generally sensitive mares and and they put the they put the red ribbon in in the tail, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a, I mean, that's legit a safety issue, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A horse that kicks, put that red ribbon in. We don't want another horse to get kicked or a rider to get kicked by a, mm-hmm. by a horse in the mm-hmm. warm-up. So signal, if your horse has an issue and you can, you can legally or within the rules signal that, then do it. There's no shame of putting a, a red ribbon in a tail. If you have a kicking horse, let everybody else know so they can stay clear. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Please do. Please. That's important. Yeah. We want everybody to go out and have fun and be safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your your final tip. These have been so good. Your final one is know where your arena is. This is a good one. <laughs> yes. I mean, we we have some big shows. I mean, I'm from the Northeast, so we have the, the showground at, at Hits, and we've had shows where I think we had eight or nine arenas running at the same time. That can be a little bit confusing. It's it's uh, high traffic, lots of stuff going on, announcements everywhere. If you don't know where your arena is, what number it is, and what time you're supposed to be there, good luck. You're going to get lost because it can take almost 10 minutes to hack from the far barns to the far arena. So get a good layout of the, get a good understanding of the layout of the showgrounds on schooling day. So, you know, where you're going on the different horses on the different days, it just makes life a lot easier. And if you accidentally miss your ride time and you end up a no show that can eliminate you from your subsequent rides, uh, that show. So it's important not to be a no show. And it, it's also a waste of money. You've spent all that time and effort and money get to oh. a show to then not show up. Um, right. so yeah, know where you're going. Yeah. Know where you're going. I love it. It's, uh, I, as as a, a little aside to that, and when you've got a place where there's two, you know, kind of side by side arena, you know, if you're in, at a show with a lot of um, congestion and traffic and, and whatever, like the arena that you're in should use a bell or a whistle or or something distinct from the from the arena next to it, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, most shows are really good about giving us different um, signals. So a bell and a and a whistle or a squeaky toy and a whistle, you know, it's <laughs> the, the shows are pretty good about giving us stuff so that our writers don't get too confused. And I often have writers that come up when they present themselves, they, they, and I love when they do this, they come up and say, hi, my number is, and then whatever, what is your signal? And I'm happy to tell them, I don't think any less of that. Um, right. I like that they make sure that they know what, what I'm signaling. So they go in at the right time. And, and yeah, I, I, I've been in I've been in lots of situations where mm-hmm. you're riding for a bell and the next ring is a whistle, and halfway through your test you hear a whistle and then you just mm-hmm. you know you stop riding stop. or it can be very discre- distracting, and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it can throw you throw you off your game. I mean, mm-hmm. that's uh, absolutely that's tough. And stuff, but again, it's just in that preparation, and it is in that that moment that we were talking about that warm up time when you check in with the judge. You know, these are kind of the checklist things that you want to do. So I think it's a it's a super super good idea. I love it. Yeah. Well, Fee- and now with the electronic scribing, um, it it is really helpful when the writers come up and say their number. We can't see them mm-hmm. if they go straight down to the A end. And at least with the paper copy, it was easy to just scratch out the number and write the appropriate number once you see it. It's a little harder with the electronic scribing. So it was very nice when people came up and gave their number. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about it. That makes complete sense. Yeah. I love it. Well, Fee, these were amazing. How can our listeners find you online if they have any more questions for you? Well, I'm on Facebook. Um, Sadly, I use my personal Facebook more than my business one, but it's Fee Student Anderson. Um, I'm there and I post a lot of horse content. I have a very silly uh, TikTok channel where we do silly things. I will do a blanket folding tutorial there, though, because I'm a blanket folding ninja. So, yeah, that's <laughs> I, oh, that's another tip. We'll have to grab you on. I love it. That's so cool. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Fee. This was awesome. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. If you have one or two horses or you have 20, 30 or more fly predators will make the difference between heavy infested fly problem or a no-fly zone. Balding Lab fly predators catching these flies before they become an issue. Well, we are so excited to have our really probably favorite monthly guest back on the show, Wendy Murdoch. Wendy, how are you? I'm great. How are you? And you're from the Murdoch Method and Surefoot. I, I didn't yeah. do that in our intro because I get so excited to talk to you. I and know. We you never know. Talk- I, you know we <laughs> never mind. Go ahead. And I always like to say, where in the world has Wendy been? That's I look forward to that statement once a month. So Wendy, what have you been up to? <laughs> well, I just I literally landed it for, for you know like a couple hours ago from <laughs> a, a literally a trip out to I went out to Oregon to Medford, Oregon, had a fabulous group of folks out there um, where uh, largely Western, really nice, you know, ranch horse type stuff. And then I turned around and went to Colorado and I taught a jumping clinic. And I know it's like, you know, I always say gravity is not discipline specific, so it doesn't matter, you know, whatever you want to do, you have to understand where you are in line with gravity and how to use yourself in line with gravity to be really effective. And the jumping was so much fun because I played with um, an old idea that I brought back is a new idea. And, you know, a lot of people want to pop one hip out. doesn't matter what you ride. If you want to pop one hip out, then your horse can't go straight. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's no. it. Your horse yeah. can't go the straight. The rider's not straight. Yeah. The horse, yeah. the horse yeah. can't so be typical. straight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even if you have a scoliosis, so I had this one woman and she has a scoliosis to, you know, I mean, it's significant, but we got her pelvis straight and the horse went straight and can her. It was oh. awesome. Both ladies. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that's really important. That's such a uh, literally happened to in a lesson today with one of my students. And that is exactly what she does. She locks her hip and the horse picks up the wrong lead every time. And it's yeah. like, okay, you got to feel when you lock that hip. Cause when you lock that hip, that horse picks up the lead incorrectly right. every time. Cause so he I hears think- it. They hear everything. Sure. Right. Yeah. And this is what, you know, I recently had a, a lovely dressage horse actually. And she'd come back from a big name clinic. And um, I can't remember who, cause I don't retain those details, but you know, she came back and she was riding to the left and everything is great. And she went to the right and the horse was spooky. And I was like, you know, oh, you know, I just have to ride her through. I was like, wait a second, you know, do you, this, there's something different here. So we broke it down and we stopped the horse, gorgeous horse. I mean, I love this horse and I'm, I, I could never ride her. The rider has got to be six feet tall and the horse is 17 too, at least. Right. But 
they right. beautiful pair, right? So we stopped and I started putting her on surefoot pads. And it was so interesting because once we started putting on surefoot pads, I discovered that one of her front feet wasn't as easy to pick up as the other. It was like she was overloading it, putting too much weight on it, the right front. And then she'd look a little left and then she'd, you know, start to drift and start to, you know, get a little panicky. And as we broke it down further and like, I just took my time and, and explored with the surefoot pads it started to become obvious that it had to do with a pole because everywhere in the arena that she shot on the right, there was a pole, either a pole in the corner or against the wall or somewhere. And so it started to become obvious that, you know, something happened, who knows what, doesn't really matter. Um, but something happened on that right side seems to be in relation to a pole. But when we use the surefoot pads, all of a sudden, she was like not worried about it anymore. And now she's not a bad horse. And now the horse can go straight and the rider can do what they want. And they're just they're just making leaps and bounds of progress. And, you know, sometimes I think we forget to actually, instead of just saying, oh, just ride them through it, that we need to pause for a moment and say, well, now, wait a second. Let's start looking at this like a detective. Let's start to break it down a little bit and see if there's a, a consistent pattern. And then mm-hmm. if there is a consistent pattern, then we have to start going, okay, is it because the rider is sitting in a particular way or is it because the horse isn't loading her front feet equally? And that's where I love Surefoot because it's so rapid to kind of start um, seeing those details, seeing that the horse isn't standing square, seeing that she's putting more weight on one foot all the time, seeing how it makes a deeper impression on the pad, feeling how one leg comes up easier than the other. And that's going to affect everything she does, right? right. I mean. Right. You know, you know that you, you're you need horses to be in the middle so they can go left and right just as easy half past left half past right mm-hmm. it's got to be the same mm-hmm. ultimately yeah. so anyway um so that you know it's like for me it's so much fun because I went from the western world to the jumping world and I go to the dressage world because gravity is not discipline specific and we mm-hmm. just have to figure out how to organize ourselves in in gravity in the most efficient way anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's using using the surefoot pads as an evaluation tool of of the horse's balance. Correct, and that's one of the benefits of surefoot is that you could you really get to see. Wait a second, this horse isn't putting the weight equally on both front, or this horse kind of habitually, even though beautifully they can be beautifully shot. I just had a horse. Uh, oh, it was out in in the Washington State. Shot showing job is fine, not a problem, and. The vet and the farrier wanted to put uh, a wedge behind because they felt like the horse wasn't, didn't have enough back of the foot. But when I put the horse on pads, the horse was only weighting the toe. So I put yeah. the horse on angle pads and all. So if you add, now if you add something to that, you're actually, you know, are you, and I'm, I'm not a vet or a farrier, okay? But it was unique. Normally when I put them on a slant, mm-hmm. I see the whole foot stand on the slant on the angle. And this was the heel was still off and the toe was down. So I'm like, take that information back to your farrier and your vet, show them this and then ask them what they think. Cause it might change what they do. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. That's very cool. I, you know, you don't yeah. think about it, but it makes complete sense. And Surefoot is just, I'm just, I'm going to run right over you here, girlfriend. I love um, it. Go for it. <laughs> but you know, the thing I've like, uh, there's a little horse that's in my barn. He's been in my barn for 16 years. Okay. Now, a few years Aww. ago, I, I know he's so cute. And I, I, a few years ago, I put him on surefoot pads and suddenly I saw him. And I was like, I didn't realize your front legs were like that. Like I saw mm. it different because I, because there was just enough of a shift for my, my visual input to go, wait a second. Have you been like that your whole life? Oh, actually you have. Oh, and I have the funniest story. So for the whole rider course, I needed a image. And so I couldn't yeah. find one. So I laid on the floor and Brad, st- Brad, my hubby stood over me and took a picture of me from top down. And then he <laughs> says to me, right. Cause I, and then I drew, I traced them out. I traced them out. But then he says to me, you know, your right arm is different from your left. And I'm like, what do you mean? And right. so I stood in front of a mirror with my palms facing forward and my left arm is by my side and my right arm from my elbow out to my hand takes a 45 degree angle. It's like, no way that's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and if I rotate my hands so my palms are facing behind me, you can't see it. It doesn't exist. But if I rotate my palm up, it's there. And I broke this elbow in 1988. Wow. And I, I've, you know, and like the doctors were worried about getting full flexion. I have full flexion. That's not the problem. When the arm's by mm-hmm. my side, it sticks over. And I was like, I, that was my, that was me. I didn't even notice. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. 
Well, what else is going on in in the the whole rider? This is so cool. Oh, the whole we've launched the whole rider course. It's now closed. Yeah. So if anybody wants to join it, they're going to have to wait till the next time I launch. But it's really awesome. We've been through the prep in the first module, and we meet twice a week live. So we all get on Zoom call and we talk about the lessons, and I add whatever I you know they can ask me all the questions they want. And then I just add to the course what they need, what they've told me they want. So it's great. It's awesome. I'm really, really having a great time. And it's really helping me figure out what my students need because, you know, I I know my stuff. But then they ask me questions and I go, oh, um, I have to figure that one out. So I'm yeah. really excited about that. Yeah, it's great. It's great to, have, to get some feedback and to be able to tweak the program or, you know, different way to think about it. So that you you know I know you that you're you're continually improving, you know all, all these products and, and the, the online stuff that uh, that you're putting out there. You want it to be the best it can be. Yeah. So the next time we launch it, all the material that I that I realize I want to add for this course, then that'll be in the next course. And that's the beauty of being able to record it and you know have it in the course and. So, you know, anybody who's ever taken the course, they have lifetime access so they can always go back and rewatch the videos or, you know, they're in the Facebook group so they can ask me questions. So it's like, it's really cool. It's like being able to spend more time with my students instead of just like two days. Like I was just out in, in um, doing these two day clinics and I love doing them. Right. But then if they can't capture everything I say in two days, I'm gone. But here yes, was the online exactly. course, right? Online course, mm-hmm. they can go back and listen to me again because you can only absorb so much information, right? They say it's only 15% the first time through. You can only absorb 15% of new information. I believe that. Right? I believe that. And you've seen that with your students, right? And you come back 100%. and you say the same thing about five different times and suddenly they go, oh, that's what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've been, yeah. I've been there many times, you know, but yeah. It's, well, it's yeah. Not, and it's I, not that the people yeah. aren't listening or, or whatever, but they can only mm-hmm. process so much at, at once. Right. And so the beauty of this is they can go back and rewatch anytime they need to and revisit the mm-hmm. lessons and, and that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm really having a great time with it. I'm really enjoying it. That's so cool. Yeah, no, no. I had that experience today. I went to a, a clinic with a new clinician. She's a friend of mine uh, and somebody I really wanted feedback on what was going on with my horse. And uh, But it was so funny because she had so much to tell me and I could really, I was really in the student role, right? I was in that kind of vulnerable, like I'm riding with someone new. I'm at a new place. It's an Olympian's place. It's beautiful. Um, thankfully, my horse was really good, but still it puts you in that position of, what it's like again to be a student yeah. and trying, you know, it was so funny because she was giving me this, this clinician was giving me directives and I was trying so hard to do what she wanted, but I was missing the time, you know? Right. And so, because it was, cause I was trying so hard to do what she told me and it was really hard for me. And it was a lot of coordination that I was really struggling with. And she was cute. She was like, you'll, you'll get this when you're at home by yourself. And you know, it's not all this other stuff, but it's good sometimes to be put in that position because you feel it and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. You know, this is the position my students are put in as well. And yeah, so I think I, for all of us professionals, I agree with you. Deal. I think as a teacher, we should always go back and put ourselves in the position of the student, yes. you know, and it doesn't matter. It could be knitting, right? It doesn't matter what yeah, the it doesn't matter. Is. It doesn't yeah, matter. It's yeah. just learning something that you haven't learned before or learning it. Yeah. Different. And it's hard. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. And yeah, she's and telling then, me stuff and then telling me something new and I'm trying and, <laughs> you know, it's that really I'm like at one point I was like, am I actually holding the reins correctly? Like, I don't even know. What's happening. <laughs> I just stopped and started laughing. I was just like, hold on a second. I need to regroup. Like, yeah. I, I am trying really hard to do what you tell me, but it's exactly. Fun. Exactly. And so there's that, that whole court, you know, like trying to process the information, trying to make your body yeah. do with the information. Yeah. yeah. So when yeah. you have more time, you can process that. You can take mm-hmm. bits and pieces. You can work on those bits and pieces, and then you can start organizing it all in, into one thing. Right. I mean, I that's like what learning's all about. I love it. Well, that is yeah. so cool, Wendy. Well, if people want to know how to sign up for the next whole rider course and about your fit and all the things you're doing, how can they find you online? So I, I am in the process because I realize how confusing I am. <laughs> we love you. Uh, right. But I've got so many different things going on. So I am working on putting it all under wendymurdoch.com. 
that's my goal. So, um, you know, so I can put the Surefoot stuff and the Whole Rider course. And I mean, you can go to thewholerider.com. You can put in that URL and you can go to Murdoch Method to see stuff there. But I'm, I, now that I've launched the course, my next goal is to like put everything in the house of wendymurdoch.com, which I own. Um, I just haven't used it. Um, but in the meantime, I just want to say that for the 4th of July, we're going to do free shipping on Surefoot pads. Awesome. So, um, the, uh, when does it start? I think it starts on the Friday. I don't have my calendar cause I just got off the point. Inter- international shipping. No, sorry. Just <laughs> oh, good question. Bill, we Bill. love you. Yeah, sorry. No, it's so expensive to ship international, but we have a distributor in Canada. So, you know, to touch Canada, um, yeah. but USA only free shipping. I think it starts on the Friday. 4th of July is a Tuesday, so we'll run it Friday through Tuesday. Um, they just need to go to shop.surefootequine.com. That's shop.surefootequine.com. Or they can go in, in through Murdoch Method, too. They can go to the shop right. in, under Murdoch Method. Yeah, so um, we do that every year. We do free shipping for 4th of July. We only run that twice well, a year. Um, so if people have been hanging back, now's your chance. Now's your chance. Do it. Yeah. Love it. Well, Wendy, as always, we love having you on. And we hope you have a great month. We can't wait to talk to you next month. Yeah, you too. Uh, I think let's. this is next month. Where will it be? I don't, I'll be somewhere. <laughs> See, I, I get to ask that question. So. It's my favorite. Yeah, it's where so. in the world is Wendy? I will yeah. be so somewhere. Cool. We'll play the game again. It. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, awesome. we get to play again. Awesome. Yep. Thanks, Wendy. We'll Thanks, talk guys. To you Take care. As horse owners, we spend a lot of time on the road. Let U.S. Rider help keep you covered. Our equestrian motor plan offers fast, reliable, nationwide service from our highly trained roadside assistance team. 24-7 coverage for both you and your horse. Membership includes horse trailer servicing, towing, flat tire repair, even on dual wheels, battery assistance, and lockout service on any vehicle in your plan. We also have your equine companions covered with referrals for emergency vet services, barrier referrals, and emergency stabling assistance. Get peace of mind on the road for you and your horse. Join U.S. Rider today. lunging trainer tip two we just did young horses yeah i've been watching about the olympics in paris for next year can't wait uh so this is part two we were just talking about you know lunging young horses so that was our last trainer tip together was young lunging young horses and then i wanted to come back in and talk about lunging older horses and when it's appropriate and when it's not again please use common sense here. But I am a fan of lunging horses because number one, we all know in this podcast, Reese isn't the bravest of souls. So today we had a 30 degree temperature drop. I have one horse that gets a little cold backed. That sucker was on the lunge line, right? He came out, it was a little bit, a little bit hot. And here's my feeling on that. I am totally capable of lunging, of, of working that horse. However, I would prefer to get on that horse after the horse is a little bit more warmed up and the back's a little bit more supple. So I see people, and this, I don't want to generalize, but I'm going to say this. I see this a lot with event riders. My event riders are like, well, I can ride it out of them. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I know you can. That's not it. What I want and what I'm trying to do with this lunging is to put the horse in a place of success, right? So uh, it was actually quite cold here this morning. And that particular horse is a very, very good horse. But if his back is cold and tight, I will spend my entire 45-minute ride working on that back, right? Getting that back to warm up and to be supple. If I just woe back and take 10 minutes of my day and I put that horse on the lunge line, and if he does need to have a buck, if he does need to be forward, I would prefer him do that to do that on the lunge line right? In a safe way, right? I'm not, I don't want him to run around like a wildcat, but I do want him to work his body to the point where I feel like I'm going to be able to discuss and have a successful ride with that horse. I, and I know you feel very strongly with this, Phil, and I do too. I don't feel like FEI horses should be on the lunge line or any horse, 
let me just put it that way, should be on the lunge line for hours. That is not what I'm talking about here. I feel like the hunter jumpers, they lunge the horses way too long. Sorry for the generalization to our hunter riders, but you know, you see them in Wellington and those horses are on the lunge for hours, right? That is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is coming out and with side reins or a Pessoa or some type of device that's used properly, I'm going to put that out there, to warm the horse up for you so that you can take time, that horse is in a better mental place, so that when you get on to ride that horse, that horse is receptive to the information. Am I am I saying that correctly, Phil? Like, I want you to jump I in. Think, I, th- I think so. I think I think we can all kind of picture, you know, what what you're doing on the lunge line. What I what I think um, is especially helpful for you know for this purpose is to, you know, if you've you've so not a three year old but like an older horse, yeah. to do some transitions. And 100%. I, w- I will teach my my horses. Uh, you know, to do everything from the voice so that now my lunging for suppleness has some uh, many, you know, many, many transitions within it so that my horse is now receptive to, you know, my voice aid. So, um, you know, that that's that's a handy, handy tip or, or, or trick. You don't have to do 10 minutes of trot. 11 minutes of canter or, yeah, you know, whatever your exactly. plan is, it's like, you know, keep them going back and forth. That's way better for yes. their bodies and for your purposes than, um, you know, just walking two seconds because the horse doesn't really want to walk and then like teach it to walk from the voice Say, you know, walk and remind like, then you're not just getting the crazy out, but you're actually right. doing something that was working and engaging right. his mind in, in, and focus on, on some, transitions before you even you know put a foot over his back and they'll be way better for you um you know when when you because if you get on and they just want to trot or just want to go then sometimes that's all you can do right yeah exactly (laughs) right and then like you get on a couple couple steps of some some strange pee off stuff and then and then oh you you know you you've got a um you're gonna. You got to be cantering. Like that's. I don't think that's mm-hmm. useful. So I don't either. Have a yeah. purpose. Yeah. Have a purpose. Have a plan. Relax and the horse before you get on. You know, all of that stuff can mm-hmm. be um, accomplished as long as you, you know, you, you might say to yourself, "Here's why I'm lunging," or just talk to the horse. Here's why why we're lunging today. Not so you can run around like a crazy thing because you know for sure you know fall down, get, hurt, get injured, fall whatever. down, do something yeah, stupid. This is a problem. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, yeah. I like and, it. And I like to lunge at a horse show. I, I will, you will see me out there in the morning. Uh, I use it almost like turnout for them because yeah. I feel like a lot of my horses, they're big guys, right? I don't, I don't have any little, little cats. I mean, they're big guys. So I take them out in the morning, especially if I have a later ride. Like if you don't ride till four o'clock, yes, you're hand walking. Yes, you're hand grazing, all of those things. But I do take my horses out in the morning. And let them have a trot and canter around, let them move. Uh, I think it's healthier for them. My guys are used to doing that. They're used to going outside. My guys go outside, you know, a lot. So I do do that in the morning at a horse show. You will see me out there with my dudes doing that. And and that's our routine. I feel like the horses, um, they're they're better for it than, you know, again, because typically people will just go out and like walk to the nearest grass patch and the horses don't actually move around. And I do that too. Don't get me. I get chatting and meeting new people and having a good time in a horse show, but the horses haven't actually moved. And and that's what I want. So that's also something that I do at a horse show. I just take them out for 10, 15 minutes, let them move around so that when I, after they're ready to be braided and, and be ridden, they're ready and they're in a really good place. So that's how I use lunging for the older horses. So we hope you guys like this. Phil and I felt like it was important to to do a little discussion on lunging. Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. And don't forget our book club book that's going on. We're, we're going to wrap this baby up soon. Um, Eric Smiley's The Sport Horse Problem Solver. What works, what doesn't, and how to make it all better. And uh, he did a great interview. He was fantastic. If you haven't heard his interview, check it, check back and uh, 
take a look. It's fantastic. But as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our page at horseradionetwork.com. Search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and the Murdoch Method. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week.